Thank you. Thank you. So, no, no, no. Good morning, King Sams. I hope you can hear me well. Good morning, King Sams. Right. Wow, I'm taller than I was in the morning. <laughs> it's great to be here. Oh, it's always a pleasure to serve in this place. I, I absolutely love serving God. I love God, by the way, as a way of introduction. If you want to know one of, my la one of the things I love, I, love, I, love, I just love Jesus. I love, I love, I love what, what his life means to me. I love what his love means to me. Um, I love my wife as well, if you have not met her at the brother. <laughs> She's, we've been together for the past 12 years. We've got two kids together. Great woman of God. I so respect her. And I love what God is doing with our lives. Um, I love my two kids. Uh, my little daughter, Danielle, is, she's in a habit right now where when she's back from school, she'll just slip in a little note under my door, uh, well, my study. And on that note, she will write, Daddy, just to let you know that I love you. <laughs> and it comes in such a timely moment, especially when I'm having one of the most difficult times of work, and it's just so good to just read that and just have your, all that tension melt away. So beautiful, you know. Um, but most importantly, I, I do love Jesus. I do love Jesus. And that's why we're here this morning. So we started this series on Defiant Joy last week. Phil did an amazing job just to kind of give us the, the background of it, and he focused on unity. And we started looking at unity um, even from our lives, just look at our, our church. If you turn around, you see what, what we look like with diversity. You know, I'm from Nigeria, people from South Africa, some people from where the Caribbean, um, Asia, what have you. We've all got it all represented here. And that's what heaven looks like, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we are pursuing that actively. We are pursuing heaven actively. We just, I, I don't want to just get to heaven and then learn to worship God in a multicultural environment. I want to be able to do it from here, right here. Amen. And that's what we are, that's what we are, we are leaning into very much as, as, as a church. And, and, but the thing about diversity, as we began to hear um, Phil teach, is the, the very thing that kind of you know, makes us different. The enemy likes to use it to divide us. And so it's important that we um, kind of guide against it. I think he said the word, he said, it's, unity is hard to create, but very easy to lose it. And so it then becomes, it becomes a, a collective effort to preserve the values of unity. And Paul began to teach in Philippians, you know, about this thing. And he used a very good representation in, in Christ where he began to, showcase who Christ is, who being in the very nature of God, didn't count that as something to oppress the people he was meant to serve. Rather, he concealed that and actually took on the nature of man himself and humbled himself to the point of death, a gory, shameful death on the cross. And that was the picture he tried to paint. And Jesus Christ not only came to reconcile us with God, because that's unity in itself, where he's reconciling us with God, and 
his death on the cross was meant to be that point where that is actually, you know, actualized. But if it was just that, then he could have come as a 30-year-old man like Adam and just die. And that's it. And that would have been enough. But it was important to continue to, um, to showcase what heaven looks like for us to learn how to retain and multiply in that value of unity. So he needed to show us what that looks like. And so he came in, became one of us, and grew with us and exemplified what oneness in mind looks like, what humility and obedience look like. He exemplified what faith and faithfulness look like. He exemplified what it means to rely fully on the Father. And all of these things combined together help to, you know, to portray something that we can look up to and we can replicate in our lives as Christians. And that's what we then go out to showcase. And people can look at that and say, oh, these ones are different. Why? Because we have a template that we right that has been created before us. So, Philippians two six eight says, "Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage; rather, made himself nothing." And so, this was these are the things that we were looking at um, last week. But the, towards the end of that uh, scripture, he says, "He humbled himself, became obedient to death." even death on the cross. And that leads us into what we'll be talking about this morning. So we are continuing in that series of Defiant Joy, but focusing on obedience. We are focusing on what? Obedience. Now, John Calvin said, he said, all true knowledge of God is born out of obedience. All true knowledge of God is born out of obedience. C.S. Lewis says, obedience is the key that opens every door. I just realized that my second sheet, I left it at the university, so I'll, I'll plod along anyway. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Stay with me, don't worry. <laughs> so, obedience in a nutshell if we were to experience everything that God has to give, then we must be willing to obey everything that God has to say. It's not half in half. You cannot want to experience all of God and have one leg into it, but one leg outside. You will experience maybe part of it, but not all of it. But when it comes to experiencing all of God, which is what I desire, which is what I want to believe that you desire, then you must be willing to obey all he has to say. And that comes, that, that could be tough, maybe, because there are so many dimensions to that. Let's look at our text for this morning. We're, we're looking at Philippians 2, and we're reading from verse 12 to 18. It says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to act, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. 
He said, do nothing without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. 16 says, and you, as you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice. So we're going to be looking at obedience from three, we're looking at three perspectives. Number one, obedience is by faith. Two, we're going to be looking at obedience producing grace. More or less, grace as a result of our obedience. And then we're going to be looking at the posture of obedience. And hopefully when we cover this, we kind of understand what it means and how we're meant to act and live out God's word and enjoy the entirety of, of our Savior, our, our Lord. Amen. Verse 12 says, Therefore, my dear friends, therefore there, almost Paul kind of, you know, pointing to something he must have said before. And if we went back, we already established it. He was beginning to talk about um, the picture of Christ, you know, very nature of God. You know, he didn't consider his nature as something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he poured out himself, emptied himself, and took on the likeness of man, even found in the nature of humans, and then he humbled himself unto death, even the death on the cross. And that's the picture he was, he was referring to. That therefore, now... Um, I think it's, um, oh my, yeah, yeah now, now I need my other, other scripture, but that's fine. I think, I think First Corinthians was saying that um, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. It's no longer I that live. It's Christ that lives in me. So Paul also, you know, encouraging us to be like-minded like Christ. What he's saying there is just as Christ had the nature of God, We've got the nature of Christ. And if you put that all together, we've got, we've, we've got the mind of Christ. We've got everything to go through our obedience just like Christ went through his own obedience. To walk through our obedience just like Christ walked through his own obedience. Now, there's a picture that I'm just going to show if you <laughs> can see that. Um, interesting. <clears throat> Now, this was myself, uh, my family, uh, we went on a wall climbing exercise. And very interesting, just like Paul was saying in verse 12, he said, knowing that you are like Christ, I'm saying to you now, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue, continue to obey. Now, why is this picture quite relevant? Now, when I was, um, when we were at 
carrying on this activity, there were quite a number of people around and people cheering you on and the adrenaline is very high and you're excited and you're like, come on, let's do this. And I, I was faster than Superman on that day, I must, I'll tell you. I just went up in a flash. Before you knew what was happening, boom, I was up there at the top. And that was cool. I felt, I felt you know, I felt great for, for the first time. That was, that was wonderful. My daughter was just crawling along. She eventually got there, but that's fine. You know, but then... The crunch time came. Let's come down. And she was, pop, 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 she was down. I looked down, <laughs> and I thought to myself, if you fall from this place, what a shame. <laughs> if you fall from here. And the more I thought about what could happen if I fall, I clung strongly to that, to that wall. I was not going to let it go. And even though the instructor had told me that, you know what, you've got a, a line hooked up to you, and it's going to help, it's, it's, you're fine, you're, you're okay, you're fine with that line. But in that moment, I was too consumed by my reality, forget anything anybody has said. I wasn't ready to let go of my walls. And it reminded me of how sometimes, just like Apostle Paul was saying here, he said, sometimes... It could be easy to go on the journey of obedience when you've got all your support system around you. When everything, you know, we're in community as we are, we're praising God together, and it's all rosy. And it, sometimes it's not quite easy, in fairness, because I know we are all in different phases of our life. Even with people and encouragement going on, we're still going through challenging times. I know that. But that is still quite manageable compared to when there is no support at all, compared to when everything looks dry and quiet, where it seems like you're praying and your prayer is not coming back with answers. It seems like you're knocking on a wall and nothing is coming back to you. It looks like a hard and dry place. You are completely isolated, just like I started feeling completely isolated at the top there. And the more I considered my isolation and the impact of me just leaving that and trusting in this, oh, I, I, I held on tight. I kept holding on tight to what I thought was, you know, was the right thing to do. And do we not all feel that way sometimes? God's word is like that line. And his instruction is like that line. In that line, is everything we need for our safety now. But the problem is, can we let go of the wall and hold on to that line? And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, not only in my presence, not only when everything is happening, because as a young boy, you know, I remember, you know, serving God and, you know, it was brilliant. brilliant. Everything was, serving God was beautiful because got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Everything was happening. Every prayer you prayed came back with something. And, you know, it was, it was brilliant. But then you are on a journey with God. Very quick, you're on a journey with God. And God takes you to a journey at some point, And it feels like, hey, the word that you have heard, it's time to put it into action. <laughs> the word that you have heard, it's time to what? put it into action. It's time for you to now start acting on that word. And in that moment, it feels like he's just so distant. Where are you? Are you not going to tell me the next thing to do? No, no, no. I've told you already. 
You have it. Run with it. And it feels that way. It feels like your moment, how, why did I get to this top? It feels like. But you needed to be at that top in order to outwork the next phase of your life. And so, the first part we're looking at, it, like I said, obedience by faith. Obedience has to be by faith for it to produce the kind of results you're looking for. Because if it is by work, then it will look as if God owes us something. Because the Bible says that we are saved by, it's by faith that we are what? That we are saved. Or rather, by grace we are saved through faith. By grace we are saved through what? Through faith. So faith is important. It leads us to our second point where we say grace through obedience. Now, let me explain this with some analogy. We all know about electricity. Now, the laws of electricity, or maybe the little that I know, you have a positive line, you have a negative line. As long as the positive is connected to the positive and the negative is connected to the negative, and those polarities are well maintained, then there will be continuous flow of current. And then you will be able to enjoy what comes out of that. Am I, am I communicating? Now, you don't fight that, do you? We don't fight that law. Rather, we partner with that law. We understand it and use it to our advantage. We use it to create light bulbs. We use it to create so, you know, light points for our equipments to work. We use it to do so many things. We, we profit from obeying that law. It becomes something of a benefit from us. We don't fight it. But then when we obey it, we enjoy the benefit of the electricity that comes forth. And that's how God's word is. There is grace attached to every word of God. There is, quote unquote, electricity attached to every word of God. As long as your job is make sure the polarities are always connected in the right way. Am I making sense? As you posture yourself to obey God's word, Paul said, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to act, in order to fulfill his good pleasure. Now, in fulfilling his good pleasure, that pleasure there is what we enjoy. That's, 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 the, that's, the, out, that's the produce of grace. But for you to get to that point, just like we said, your faith must be in place. Your obedience must be in place by faith, and then it produces grace. Remember? By grace, we've been saved through faith. By grace, we've been saved through faith. Not of works, lest we would boast. Scripture says that what do you have that has not been given to you? And if you have been given, why do you want to boast about it? There everything we have when it comes to how God replenishes us, he does it through grace. 
God responds to all of our needs by making his grace available. His grace is always enough for us. Are you with me? And so, in the pursuit of absolute obedience, in order for us to experience all of God, we cannot be caught up in just the legality of obeying God's word, like the Pharisees were, where it's all about ticking boxes. It has to come from a place of love. Sometimes it's a difficult place, but it has to come from a place of love. And lastly, we're going to look at the posture of obedience. The Bible says, do everything, verse 14, it said, do everything without grumbling and arguing. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. So then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Now it appears that God demands more from us than simply obeying his word. Paul is giving us a good picture of what obedience to the Father looks like. What does that picture look? To obey without grumbling and arguing. Sometimes that's the difficult part. But if you understood what we talked about before, then you will have already got into this part. Because if you knew that whatever it is you're seeking from God, whatever pleasure you're seeking, it's not a result of what you do, per se, even though you are expected to cooperate with God. You know, it's God that is at work in us both to will and to do, yes, but at least you need to do it. You see what I mean? You need to connect the positive to the positive. You need to do that part. But when you do that part, there's enough provision for the electricity to flow through. Now, but when you're doing that, though, and perhaps the electricity is not flowing through, What's your posture? I think that's the question. When you've done that part and the electricity is not flowing through, is that when you should doubt God? Is that when you should question the sovereignty of God? No. As a matter of fact, you will say to yourself, I know my Redeemer lives. <laughs> you will say to yourself, I know he's got me. I know his word is yea and amen. I know his word doesn't fall to the ground. Now, if God has decided not to allow the electricity to, to go through, it's not because that line doesn't have enough to, uh, to carry the electricity. It's perhaps God has a purpose. And we must be able to trust God in that light. I know it's, it could be difficult, in fairness, but we must be able to trust God in that light. There was a time in my personal life where I, I served... Um, I had one of, one of my previous bosses. And it was such a difficult time for me, I would say, I would say because um, he was one that, it was like sports to him just to get on my nerves. It felt like sports. <laughs> Comes to work every day with something new to do just to make me feel less than myself. You know, it was, it, it was, it was a tough one on my mental state, I will tell you that. You know, I think he would say things like, I want to break you. And when someone says he wants to break you, you're like, what? 
<laughs> what? And when he says that, like, with words, with actions, with ignoring you completely like you never existed in that room, everything he could do, he did it. And one of the things I wanted to do was just run away. Just get out. I didn't have to be in that job, for goodness sake. I just wanted to leave. But the Holy Spirit convicted me at that point and, and said, told me to, to remain at the job. I didn't understand why. That's all he said. Just remain at the job. I didn't understand why. It was painful. My natural self, trust me, I'm off. My pride, God is still dealing with that, by the way. <laughs> I'm off. But I remained in this moment. But I remained in a state where my, my heart was still not quite right. I was complaining about a few things. And, and all I got was complete silence and quietness. No, until there was a point I just, I came to the end of myself. And I said, okay, Lord, you, you, need, you need to really tell me what's going on. Why am I here? I think that must have been in, in my third or fourth year still working for this boss. And the Holy Spirit, well, I don't know how you hear God, but he said clearly to me, he said, how about if I am the one walking through your boss to outwork something in your life? And I, I said, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And that was like a light bulb moment in my life. I just, I said, okay, okay, I get it now. And in that moment, I, I, I just said, okay, Lord, help me. It wasn't about, you know, I just needed to allow him to complete his job. I needed God to complete what he was trying to do. So I needed grace to remain in there until God finishes what he was trying to do. And so that my prayer changed. And the more I prayed for grace and strength to remain that his work was completely done, what I realized was compassion started growing inside of me. Love started growing inside of me. I started praying for this boss of mine. I, had, I found time to pray for him. In fact, I started having dreams about things that were going to happen to him and started praying about it. And then it became more like, I have put you here as a pillar to, because there are some work that God was doing in that moment. Not for myself, not for the boss, but for other people that were tied to that. And God rea I then realized that it was bigger than just myself. Ooh. Ooh. And sometimes we find ourselves in such situation. We want to just hop and run away. It's so hot, it's so dark. But in recent times, you, the picture of the Hebrew boys in the fire always comes to mind. And while it looks like they were in a terrible place, you know, remember how they were thrown in there? He said, even if our God will not save us, we know something. We know that his word has got enough grace to sustain us. How do you reconcile that? Even if it's not going to save us, we know that his, his word is, is sufficient. And I want to leave you with that. Do all things, not some things, all things, without grumbling and arguing. Why? So that you can shine like the stars in this crooked world. The world is getting darker and darker. People are getting more obsessed with autonomy 
and a desire to hear their voice and their voice only, where they know nothing is as important as what the opinion they have about themselves. Nothing is as important. No advice is as important as their own advice for themselves. But you and I know that even our words is not strong enough to sustain our lives. You see what I mean? Even our minds and our thoughts is not strong enough to sustain our life. We need God, especially in this moment. And so we need to be the light of God. We need to shine. But in order for us to shine as bright as God wants us to, we need to be completely partnered with God through absolute obedience. Through absolute obedience. Mm. So I'm going to try and conclude it. So, so this is coming as a last point, this, this whole posture of our obedience. It's coming as a last point today because it requires a lot from us all. But at the same time, God gets the glory when we are willing to partner with him. So my question to you is, are you willing to partner with the Holy Spirit? Where are you on that, on that line, on that, that wall? Perhaps you're still at the bottom level, or maybe you are right at the top, and it looks like everything is, you're in isolation. Or maybe you're still quite excited. Wherever you are on that wall, just know that God wants to partner with you. God wants to walk with you. You know, um, there's this old hymn that says, Trust and obey, for there is no other way. In order for us to be happy in Jesus, we need to trust and obey. Joy comes as you obey in faith. And it's a daily walk of faith. It's not a sprint. <laughs> but you know, it's one that God is invested in as well. Because he is he that is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So obedience, remember this, obedience is by faith and not by works. Obedience in faith produces great grace, which is how we receive from God. And lastly, in doing your obedience, we must do it without murmuring and complaining. And I pray that God will grant us grace to posture ourselves that way this morning. In Jesus' name. Can I, can I just ask you to rise on your feet? To just stand with me as we pray into that. I'll think of it. So Paul, Paul talks about being at different phases of our lives. Where for some, there is, the answers are coming and it's, maybe it's quite easy. But for some, maybe we're in that space of complete isolation. But can I, can I just implore you to lift up your heart and lift up your minds and lift up your hands and just ask for, for him to help you in this moment. You know, so that we don't cast our, what, what our faith, we don't cast it on the ground. We don't just throw it on our faith and throw it on what we believe. I know what I have believed. I believed in Jesus. I believed He's able to sustain me. 
Perhaps you want to say that to your soul till it comes alive once again. Can I just ask you to lift up your voice and just speak to your father this morning. He's close to you. He doesn't intend you to run alone. No, that's not his intention. He's willing to run with you. And the good thing is his word has enough to catch you. <laughs> and so maybe you just, what you're praying for is for grace to let go of your walls and, now, and allow his word to do what it was meant to do in the first place. Catch you. Catch you.